so throughout John, we have the dogmatic revelation of the Holy Trinity. Now, one of the common arguments that people give regarding purgatory is purg the word purgatory is not in the Bible, even though several passages reference purification and being in prison until everything is paid. The idea and the concept of purgatory is very clear in Scripture, but the word purgatory is not mentioned, and many fundamentalists will use that as an argument that it doesn't exist. Well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but what we just heard Jesus say clearly indicates this to us. Do you know what the greatest mystery or the central mystery of our Catholic faith is? The central mystery, according to the catechism, our Catholic faith, is it the Eucharist? Actually not. Is it the resurrection? Surprisingly not. It's the Trinity. God in and of himself. This is the central mystery of our Trinity, or of our faith, and everything else comes from it. Of course, the Eucharist, source and summit, because that is our worship of it. But the source that ultimately came from it is the Trinity, of which that is the second person. But also, the Trinity is in the Eucharist too. This is what I want to talk about, because I think it's fascinating. You know, <clears throat> we often think about Jesus when we think of the Eucharist, as we should. Jesus is the only one of the three members of the Trinity sacramentally present in the Eucharist. The, Holy Fa or the Father and the Holy Spirit did not become incarnate. So we don't have the body and blood of the Father or the body and blood of the Spirit in the Eucharist. However, in the Mass, all persons of the Trinity are present in the Eucharist in a concomitant way. This is very interesting. St. Faustina said, this is from Diary 451, once after Holy Communion, I heard these words, you are our dwelling place. At that moment, I felt in my soul the presence of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, each time we receive Holy Communion, we experience here on earth that same divine activity as they experience in heaven. And that we one day will experience in heaven. This is interesting. It's that divine activity of love eternally taking place within the Trinity, not just Jesus. And this is what Jesus is telling us in this scripture passage and throughout most of John. Yes, as I said, only Christ is present sacramentally under the appearance of bread and wine. However, the Father and the Holy Spirit are really and truly present with Christ in Holy Communion because of the perfect unity of the Trinity. The Father and the Holy Spirit are consubstantial meaning of the same substance. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all consubstantial. They are Father and the Holy Spirit with Christ. They have the same nature, the same substance. 
So by what we call circumincession, and this goes back 2,000 years, this is why it baffles me that non-Catholics just can reject all this like it never existed. For 2,000 years, the, 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 the theologians and the, and the bishops and the, and the church, church itself taught this. Circumincession. And each of the three persons is eternally present in each other while remaining distinct. We're going to be doing a show on this and our EWTN show about the Trinity. I'm going to explain all this in hopefully clearer detail um, every Wednesday at 6.30. Tonight, we will have a show. Please join us Wednesday tonight at 6.30. So we're going to talk about the three virtues of faith, hope, and love. There's an incredible story that goes with it tonight about this special needs cafe where they hire special needs people to work in this cafe. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I hope you can see it today. I, it, it'll just invoking you so much emotion and how beautifully God is in these souls. In fact, the priest that we interviewed even said, he says, these are God's greatest creatures. They're without sin. It's, it's amazing. Now they were born with sin. You know, hopefully they were all baptized and washed away of original sin, but it's, it's amazing. And so we'll be talking about that. But anyway, we will be doing another show coming up in a few weeks on the Trinity, and we will explain this. You know, through concomitance, whenever we receive Christ sacramentally, right, under the form of bread and wine, the Father and the Holy Spirit become present with Christ, as I said, not sacramentally, but nonetheless, truly and substantially. Now, whoever is united to one person of the Trinity is united to all. Whoever is united to one of the three persons, so in Holy Communion, we're united to G, the second person of the Trinity, we're therefore united to the entire Blessed Trinity because it is one and indivisible. Now, St. Therese of Lisieux said, at communion, at her first Holy Communion, she's a little girl, at her first Holy Communion, she said, that she realized that not only was the Holy Trinity about to dwell in her, she takes it a step farther. But she says, since the angels and saints in heaven are perfectly incorporated into Christ, all of heaven would now come to dwell in her soul. So she's not saying, you know, we only think of Jesus and, and, and that's good. But when you receive Holy Communion, do you take it one step further? Say, not only is Jesus dwelling in me, but so is the whole Trinity. And then St. Therese took it even a step further and says, not just Jesus, not just the Trinity, but all the angels and the saints of heaven are now dwelling in me. Well, Father, then how come, uh, how come it doesn't change me? How come I don't feel any different? Because you're not opening yourself. You're not predisposing yourself properly in that case. You know, she said, all of heaven entered my soul when I received Jesus. So don't think in any way that you're lacking. I know there are churches that are still, you know, with the whole COVID thing and, and the bishops, it, it's a struggle. We, we're being obedient, but we've not been given the approval to distribute under both species yet. 
both species, meaning the host, Holy Communion, and the precious blood. Well, another EWTN show I've already filmed that'll be coming up is on the precious blood. It is one of the big four devotions in our Catholic faith, one of the most huge, which basis of everything for us. Well, Father, I want to see the precious blood. Yes, yes, you should. But don't despair. When you receive Holy Communion in the host, you are also receiving the precious blood. You are also receiving it in the host. When the host, you receive the host, you are receiving body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's all present. In a concomitant matter, you receive the blood in the host. And when you receive the precious blood, concomitantly, you receive the body with the precious blood. That's why at the bedside of the dying, if they can't consume a host, I can put a drop of precious blood on one's tongue. This is the basis of our faith. This is the basis of Christianity, and it's based in the Trinity. And this is what's under attack. You just think this whole thing uh, that's going on on our courts is just about a legal case regarding a woman's right to choose. No, this is an entire attack on Christianity. No, it's not, Father. How dare you make these kind of developments? Well, let me share something with you that I did decide today to bring in to read because this is something that is happening that few Catholics are even aware of. And I think it's important that I read this to you because in um, the last few days, there's been some developments and I do not know if people are aware of this. First of all, there were churches, some of you are probably aware, that were disrupted for Sunday masses over the weekend, and that's against the law. But of course, to my knowledge, nobody was persecuted, even though in New York and LA, there were some serious altercations. There is a group that has published publicly, so I'm not doing anything that they didn't want us to do. The group called Ruth Sent Us regarding Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and this is their quote on their tweet. So I'm not hypothesizing. Stuff your rosaries in your weaponized prayer. We will remain outraged after this weekend, so keep praying. We'll be burning the Eucharist to show our disgust for the Catholic churches who have condoned for centuries this activity, meaning the fighting of abortion. A tabernacle was stolen in Katy, Texas last night. You don't hear much about that. There has been violence now, but here's what I find troubling. This was a graffiti written on the side of a Christian counseling center that says, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. That's a threat to Christians. Well, we don't know, Father, that's just words. Well, do you know that that Christian center was bombed? A Molotov cocktail was thrown into it and it burned. But the local prosecutor says it is not a hate crime. He even said it's not an act of terrorism. 
Now, at the same time, a few years ago, the FBI was flown across the United States of America to investigate the use of a racial slur. Is the use of a racial slur a good thing or allowed or ever acceptable? No, of course not. But the FBI flew halfway across the United States to investigate the use of a racial slur. Yet not one mention has been made to a hate crime, the attack on Christianity, the burning of a Christian counseling center, a threat written on the wall that says if abortion is not safe, then you aren't either. How much more of a threat and a hate crime can that be? Yet, nothing. The answer is the Eucharist. The answer is the Trinity. We will be filming today with a gentleman by the name of Daniel O'Connor, and I hope you'll be able to join us again on a future EWTN show, because the topic of our conversation today is the scriptural signs of the preparation for the second coming of Christ. And in it, we talk about what will happen given in scripture before the second coming of Jesus. And that does involve things such as chastisement if we do not pray and repent, turn back to God. But Mary assures us at Fatima that her immaculate heart will triumph. And in the beautiful prophecies that we have on that, in the words of Our Lady, an air of peace will come. And it will come through the glorification of Christ's church. And when that happens, all will know the trueness of Christ in the Eucharist. We have to hold out hope for that. Not get mad. I'm the first one. You just saw me get emotional over the need to defend our faith and to protect our faith and our Christians and to call for equality and treatment that certain crimes are considered hate crimes, but the most of all is not. Yes, it's easy for us to get passionate. I am first and foremost. I love my faith. I will be willing to die for my faith. I've always said that that probably will happen. I don't know. But what we have to do most of all is not lose hope. What we have to do most of all is not despair. God has this. And on the flip side, let's not get too complacent and throw our feet up on the desk and say, hey, well, you know, in the end, God wins, so why bother here? Yeah, God will win the war, but as you always hear me say, our job is to limit the casualties in the process. Our job is to limit the number of souls lost before that war is over. The war will come to an end. Christ will be victorious. God will reign. And all will be put under his feet. Evil will be crushed. It'll be thrown into the abyss of hell, locked up forever. We know this will happen. God will win. But please pray, convert, do penance, whatever we can do to limit the casualties and the loss of souls in the meantime. That is why we are here. And if you say, okay, Father, I'm ready. What do I do? The Eucharist. The Eucharist. 
You know, it was told that the conversion of the world will happen through two means. Mary said this. Through Mary and Eucharistic adoration. Those are the two things that will happen that will bring about the ushering in of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and God's control back of the world. God has it, but he's letting us be purified. And so let us not fail in our duty to do that. This is a critical time. We are challenged, but we will not despair. We will not lose hope. And tonight on EWTN at 6.30, please join us as we see the beautiful people of St. Andre's Cafe truly living love, faith, and hope. Praise be to God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.